This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Around 15 years ago, I was working as an assistant director in an overnight camp. On one of our trips, we took the kids canoeing. Each of us staff members were assigned to a canoe with the kids to help make sure everyone stayed safe. The ride was going great until we hit some rushing water, and before I knew what was happening, the canoe was upside down on top of me, and I was in the water with my head inside the capsized canoe. I started to panic, trying to figure out how to push the canoe off of me as it had gotten suction to the water. The rushing water was pulling me down, even as I furiously kicked my feet and pushed and pushed on the canoe. This is it, I thought to myself. This is where it all ends. I truly thought my life was over, that I was going to drown right there during the canoeing trip. And then, I can't remember how, the canoe righted itself, and I, gasping and shivering, climbed back in it trying to make sense of what had almost happened. To this day, I can't go boating without a flashback to that event. Sometimes it's not what happens to us that is so scary, but what could have happened, what almost happened. But the traumatic flashback is also accompanied with a searing stab of gratitude. Thank you, God, for saving me that day. How grateful I must remember to be that I was okay, that I survived, that nothing happened. Psychologist and best-selling author Dr. David Lieberman notes something fascinating about the nature of such gratitude in his book, If God Were Your Therapist. He observes that there is a directly proportional relationship between the gratitude we naturally feel for things and the extent to which that thing is in danger. For instance, if we've, God forbid, been in an accident and can't walk for a year, we will feel immeasurably grateful to be able to walk again. It will be a very long time before we take walking for granted. If the accident was averted at the last second, we'll feel some residual gratitude. And if we were never in an accident at all, the chances are pretty good that we won't even give our ability to walk a second thought. If anything, Dr. Lieberman says, it should be the opposite. How grateful we should feel for never having been in an accident at all. To have avoided the pain, the fright, the hospital stay, the long hours of therapy should fill us with joy. But it doesn't because we are wired to notice the bad and not the good. So it's on us humans to overcome that natural tendency by creating a gratitude practice that actively notices the good. Judaism has a beautiful tradition to help us remember how appropriate gratitude is, especially when life-threatening disaster was averted or prevented. This ritual is called the Gomel Blessing, or in Hebrew, Birkat HaGomel. 
The Torah instructs that if a person has undergone one of several dangerous scenarios and emerged unscathed, she goes to synagogue as soon as possible and, in the presence of a minion, says the following blessing. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who bestows good things upon the guilty for bestowing on me all good. We acknowledge that although we may be guilty of certain things, God bestows us with goodness despite our imperfections. The congregation listens and responds, Amen. May he who bestowed upon you all good continue to bestow all good upon you forever. So which scenarios specifically would warrant the blessing? The Torah teaches that there are four general categories, but any dangerous situation would qualify. One, a person who has undertaken significant travel crossing an ocean or sea. Two, someone who got out of jail. Three, someone who was healed from a serious illness. Four, someone who traversed a desert. Nowadays, even though travel isn't considered as dangerous as it once was, many people say the blessing after traveling overseas. I personally said the blessing after delivering my babies. And the canoe incident was definitely the right time to publicly and sincerely express a formal statement of gratitude. The Gomo blessing, as we observe it today, is actually based on an ancient ritual in the temple that's discussed in the Torah this week. One of the offerings brought in the temple was called the Karban Toda, the gratitude offering. Once again, if someone was saved from danger, they would choose an animal and bring it to the temple in Jerusalem, along with 40 loaves of bread, invite family and friends, recount the story of their gratitude, and have a big old barbecue to include everyone in their gratefulness. In modern times, as our synagogues have taken the place of the Holy Temple, the gratitude practice takes place verbally in our sanctuaries. The truth is that without formalized gratitude practices, many of the situations that are avoided, averted, or prevented can really escape our notice. Stuff happens, we get scared, it turns out okay, we sigh a breath of few, and we move on. We can easily miss all the small acts of kindness that God does for us on a regular basis just because we're too busy to pay attention and take notice. That's why a daily gratitude practice is a critical part of being a human being, so we can slow down and meditate on the things that are happening to us all day, every day. One way to achieve that is through prayer. Judaism's daily prayer practice includes multiple opportunities for appreciation, but even if formal prayer isn't in your wheelhouse, you can still plug into this powerful energy of gratitude. Every weekday morning, I personally participate in a Zoom call with Jewish women from literally all over the world. We meet at 8 a.m. Eastern Time each morning, and we say a short Hebrew prayer together called Nishmat. Nishmat is an ecstatic, jubilant verbal declaration of gratitude to God. In it, 
we go all the way back to the exodus from Egypt, thanking God for saving us and for continuing to take care of us both nationally and personally. We poetically illustrate our incompetence in truly being able to adequately express our gratitude, but commit that we will nevertheless try. Each morning when I say this prayer, I meditate on all the kindnesses God has done for me, my family, and my nation throughout the years, decades, and centuries. I consider all the miracles that make my existence possible, all the viruses, car accidents, and natural disasters that we've been saved from. I mentally scroll through each family member, truly concentrating on the many, many aspects I am grateful for, for all the people whom I love, for the blessing and joy they bring to me, and for the blessings in their lives. There is not a single day that goes by that this practice does not actually transform my day. And I've noticed that there's not a single time I've engaged in this practice where I've noticed and acknowledged some blessing that would most definitely, without a doubt, have escaped my notice had I not mindfully engaged in gratitude. How many beautiful aspects of my life would have escaped me had I not made the time and expended the energy to bring it into sharp focus? To quote writer William Arthur Ward, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Let's take a page from the Torah playbook. Let's recognize the present that we have. Let's wrap it. And most importantly, let's give it. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.